Welcome to Small Talk with Raincraft. I'm Subha, a leadership and executive coach. And I'm Hasita. I'm a marketing strategist. We're just two people who love to talk and love to learn. And this is us being curious about the world around us. Join us. Hey Hasita, how was your break? Oh, it was amazing. It was amazing. So we were in Sri Lanka in the middle of the Indian Ocean. Apparently some 4000 5000 feet of water underneath. All you can see basically at that depth. Of course the, the sea was empty. There were no fish, but the only thing that we could see were the sun's rays penetrating endlessly down into what looked like infinity. And it was it was quite nice. Nice experience. Just listening 4000 feet. Do you know that I cannot step into water that is more than 4 feet? And that's because I am five feet, and I am convinced that I will drown myself even in that. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it, I mean, when we are talking thousands of feet, it probably doesn't matter. But I'm curious as to why you think that, because four feet of water is actually not a lot. I know, right? And this has been—I guess I can say—the story of my life. I don't know when it started, but I have such a strong fear of water in the form of kind of. something that i need to stay afloat in and i have huge fear that i will drown in any pool of water that is about my height so to speak and it's irrational beyond a point i get it and i've tried to learn to swim and now i am just totally convinced that i'm one of those the lottery winner one in a billion i'm one of those one in a billion who just cannot learn how to swim Mm, unlikely i would say but yeah i mean that's how fears work i think that's the story of me driving in a way i have driven before i have driven multiple times before and still i have the story in my head that i cannot drive i don't know why it just exists i want to go places i want to be seeing things but the fact this little thing that i cannot drive it just tends to stop me yeah no it's true i think we do have to at some point one we have to recognize these fears and we all hold them i mean there's absolutely nothing wrong with them and you may be scared of spiders you may be scared of water bodies like me you may have a fear of public speaking which is supposed to be the number one fear did you know that more people fear public speaking than death i think it's important to really spend some time reflecting on fears because The thing with fears is that over a period of time some of them can start limiting us and they become what we call limiting beliefs. Limiting belief is really something that we hold true about ourselves. It's a judgment about ourselves that we hold true and we then let it restrict us in some way or the other. And I wonder how much of that we bring to even work environments, right? And I'm sure we do because Work is one of those areas we spend so much of our waking hours working and obviously a lot of these things will play into that aspect of life as well. And are we just holding ourselves back sometimes? I do wonder. Oh definitely I can tell you about limiting beliefs that I've held about myself which have so strongly impacted career decisions. I was joking about public speaking and I think I'm hardly the person to joke because I have spent many years fearing kind of standing up and speaking in a group setting no matter how knowledgeable i am about the topic speaking in front of people evokes that sense of deep anxiety 
of uh, worry that you will fail or say something stupid and so many things but it does limit your potential because then you're not putting your hand up for conversations and maybe forums or even stating your mind in a slightly larger group setting yeah absolutely in fact very recently i had this experience where i felt like in a room of people i was probably the dumbest and therefore i didn't say anything and then after the meeting i reached out to the person that i knew and i said so this is my opinion on this subject and he said why didn't you say it while you were in the group and so it was a nice way to challenge that belief about being the dumbest person in that room but yeah i mean that's just one example of so many other things like you said suba i resisted calling myself a digital marketer for a very long time because my reference point for digital marketers was way up in the sky and i knew all these amazing people who had these amazing ideas so it's only many years later with a lot of validation coming from the outside in that i was able to say yes i do digital marketing now so yeah so that's exactly how limiting beliefs work they they sound like this i'm not good enough i don't have enough experience i'm not smart enough to be handling this project i won't be a good manager so these are all very very common limiting beliefs and they come from verbal to body language to defense mechanisms and they do hold you back from growing as a person end of the day and it's an interesting topic that you brought up especially right now because a lot of performance appraisals would have finished and people are probably just kind of getting into the zone of okay what is my new role right now probably a lot of people have even been promoted to managers and on the other end of the spectrum we've heard so many people getting laid off in the last couple of weeks particularly in companies that everyone thought were doing so well and both these extremes right one is to be shoved almost into a position of great responsibility and on the other hand also being taken away from something that you kind of made your identity both of these things cause a certain amount of fear and they bring up patterns probably that we thought we'd laid to rest how do you really go about identifying some of these because i don't know if our daily routines sometimes leave us with enough time to do that and limiting beliefs all come from that same spot in a way that it's kind of our own way of protecting ourselves from some sort of pain in the future like let me not do this because i will fail i'll then feel bad then i won't whatever i want won't happen and then i'll you know lose confidence so it's kind of like you've validated it for yourself saying it's good that i think i can't do this because then i'm going to try and then i'm not going to succeed and then i'm going to feel bad so it's a very kind of deep vicious cycle and it does involve serious reflection and limiting beliefs start from a very young age and they kind of evolve and reshape as we go through life and encounter new things so whether you've had something painful that kind of caused you to fear similar things or sometimes you're just scared of what's to come and you don't know because you've not experienced it before i think when i look back something i share with youngsters that i meet i can identify now the hindsight of age and wisdom career choices that i've made is partly from a space of enjoying and being successful at what i was doing but also a small part because of a belief that trying something very different was not something that i would succeed in i had a very strong career in operations but opportunities to move into sales i didn't pursue because of a simple belief that i won't be good at sales i'm not aggressive enough i'm not loud enough Now when I'm running Raincraft I realize that I do enjoy sales I do enjoy the relationship building I do enjoy the solutioning for customers and that's really what it's about so is important 
I had this reflection some years back, I might have made different choices. That's why that deep reflection is important. And I like what you brought out that it's not just the individual. In organizations, it is a, a bit incumbent on managers to help their team members explore these limiting beliefs and not always take what they say at face value in that sense. And that just makes the whole manager as a mentor argument a little stronger, I find. Because so many times I think, and I have been managed by a lot of different people. And I find that there were those few who I still remember with a lot of fondness for having seen the potential for where I could have gone. And sometimes even while the push was a little uncomfortable, just the fact that they did it has put me where I am today. So I think it's very mutual in the sense that the mentee also needs to be very receptive to where the mentor is going with it. At the same time, the mentor also needs to then work with them to understand what is a belief that's worth pushing. Like right now, in the context of the relationship we share, while I love swimming and you don't, and I wish you did, but the fact is that I will not push you because I don't understand the full context of where that's coming from. But obviously, if it was happening in a work environment, the situation would be so much different. And also, I think it's in terms of what we see as how is it really holding them back? So you may see it as, hey, okay, fine, she doesn't swim, she does five other things and that's fine. At some point, if you perceive that she feels bad about beach holidays because she can't join her kids for a swim, right? Then you might push me further and say, hey, now, I think it's time to overcome this fear that you're holding and do something about it. So yeah, I think for managers, it's important to keep this in mind. So when someone says, you know, no boss, I really love what we're doing here and I'd love to continue here. What other options are you looking at? And why are you perhaps not considering them? Or what is holding you back? So if today you're in coding or you're in analytics, why aren't you looking at a customer's facing role? Yes, you love coding. Yes, you love numbers. I get that. But if I may ask, what is holding you back? Or what are your thoughts on that? Or just start in an exploratory manner. And I think in most cases, it may be a genuine love for what they're doing. But I'm sure there will be situations where you find that a certain fear is holding them back from trying something new. I think both of us tried a lot of new few years on our own. So speaking of limiting beliefs, in fact, while they are largely fear-driven, I want to kind of switch the conversation up a little bit and talk about startups because a lot of people report that they enjoy working in a startup environment because of the multiple different challenges. Today I'm doing accounts, tomorrow I might be traveling and doing something else. And in fact, a lot of people also have told me that they enjoy the consulting roles at McKinsey and at Accenture so much more because again, by virtue of the many different things that they get to do on a daily basis. Uh, however, also the act of doing so many different things comes with something that I think is a very pop culture thing today and something that we've all experienced, which is imposter syndrome. And I think imposter syndrome in, in a way is one of the most public ways of us expressing the limiting belief. So the very fact that I feel like an imposter comes from a place of not feeling like I belong and which is exactly the summary of the conversation that we've had so far. So if someone's come thus far and identified that imposter syndrome is something that I'm experiencing because I don't have the experience or because I have not done this before, how do you move from that point forward? Obviously, being coached and being able to have that ecosystem is immensely valuable. But even in situations where that might or might not exist, how can I as an individual still go about, I think, believing in myself a little bit more? So that's a great question. I think even the example you gave, 
just trying so many things and being happy that you're in a role which allows you to do something new every day there's no structure i don't know what will come up somewhere to question is there some fear that i won't be good at just one thing kind of allowing yourself to keep doing different things and always being in that learner mode also is not a great thing because you don't then have to let's say kind of perform really well because i wasn't doing this yesterday i'm just doing it today because that's also been added to my plate so that's also something to think about that in the midst of all of this jack of all trades etc am i shying away from picking the one thing that i want to be doing or should be doing or am good at yeah in fact they do teach us in therapy to question everything that you're thinking and say is this a fact or is this an opinion so i can see how that would kind of extend into a process like this so i think once you have it down then it's about kind of assessing the accuracy of it getting to the bottom of it and saying hey next time this belief presents itself can i take a moment and pause think through or or just listen to the thoughts in my head and evaluate whether it's just self limiting or do i have concrete evidence to back it up where is it yeah. coming from is it from the unknown is it from a past experience what's fact and what's fiction here in fact specific to imposter syndrome i just reminds me so i obviously grew up on the same narrative around how certain people in certain geographies are better at certain jobs than probably some of the rest of us are and then it so happened that last year i joined a cohort based course with people from all around the world and it involved a lot of conversations and group discussion and that's when actually for me it was like this light bulb moment where i realized that in fact a lot of things that they were saying i had the same ideas as well and i was actually able to positively contribute to a lot of these conversations so finally mm-hmm. i think my limiting belief about who i was professionally it came to an end after that cohort and that became the new rewritten belief almost in a way that i'm as good as anybody else anywhere in the world and i think yeah. that change really translated into so many beautiful things thereafter and you really just explained what step 3 in a way is okay. that using these positive affirmations right to turn whatever limiting self limiting beliefs we have into positive self beliefs so mm. if you're telling yourself that you're not good enough for a promotion then reframe that belief by assuring yourself that hey i am somebody who works smart and i deserve success if that thought in your head is saying i not good enough tell yourself i have the capabilities to succeed at what i do yeah sometimes yeah. even something as simple as hey i don't have enough time to get fit or mm-hmm. set aside everybody talks about me time i don't have enough time to invest in myself So that's also a limiting belief in a way very yeah. it's yeah. a very limiting belief and it keeps us comfortable in inaction so can i reframe that to say hey i have the ability to reorganize my time to focus on what's important for me i can do that and i think finally don't give up nobody said it's going to be easy and we're reminding <laughs> you it's not easy to mention the decades of conditioning that's gone exactly. into this belief yeah. so obviously i think the first time the first few times we repeat even the positive affirmations they sound funny right they even they, they even sound ridiculous sometimes but i yeah. think over a period of time just kind of keeping at them it makes a ton of difference you know why do they say like kind of put it on a post it and stick it on your mirror because i think to say it to yourself you may say it the first couple of times out of sheer i don't know excitement about trying something new hey i'm trying affirmations and sometimes by the third or fourth time it can get very difficult it can sound so cheesy it can yeah. sound so false to you because it's maybe too true 
So I think finally just like don't give up keep at it we all hold tons of beliefs about ourselves thanks to our own overworking mind and all the wonderful people around us and it's always a good time to keep challenging it one at a time when you have even the slightest hint that it is not serving you well currently absolutely and to just sit down with it and say okay here's how i'm going to change it i'm probably going to apply that to my particular belief about driving let's see and i'm kind of glad summer's over and i don't have to think about how i didn't try to learn how to swim again maybe next year <laughs> climate change willing that was fun though we talked a lot about deep deep fears 4000 feet deep <laughs> wow i still can't believe it but like you said like i mean once for me it crosses 4 feet it might as well be 4000 <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely okay bye for listening till the very end we hope you enjoyed the conversation if you'd like to leave us a note about the episode please do write in at connect@raincraft.in or drop us a voice message at speakpipe.com/raincraft all the details about our guest today and how you can find us on social media are available in the show notes so please do have a read and catch you next time